This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. to know that there's victory when we fight our battles, aren't you? So thankful to know that regardless of the enemy and his attack against us and, and how he chooses to attack us, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Would you one more time just offer praise to him in your own way? Just love him. I worship you today, Jesus. I bless your name today. Thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful today for this opportunity to be at Southern Hills and to be able to worship the Lord together with you on, on Veterans Day weekend. And uh, I want to uh, join Pastor and those involved in the program this morning to express my appreciation to each of you who have served our country and have uh, sacrificed so that we can have the freedom we have today. We are in your debt today, and I'm so thankful for you. It's a personal privilege and honor to be, uh, to be back home today, to be back in Oklahoma, and to be able to, uh, to be here at, at the Southern Hills Church. Um, I am an Oki and a proud Oki, and I tell everybody that I'm an Oki, and I'm glad about that. And I don't, get to, I don't get to come home often, but I do try to make sure that sometime during the fall, and it usually works out that it's a home game at Norman, that we do make it back. And uh, so that was the case this year, and, uh, and yesterday or last night, uh, Chris and I were at the game, and uh, we, we were sitting on the east side of the stadium, and just as the sun was starting to set, and I said, Chris, look at that sun, and her words were, it's not prettier anywhere, it's not better anywhere. <laughs> Oklahoma sunsets, I tell you, I miss them, and it's such a beautiful place. I love you, and I thank God for this church. I thank God for the, the role that this church has played in my life. I preached here so many times over the years. And uh, when, when I was uh, state youth director here back in, I think it was the Eisenhower administration, it seems it's been a long time ago. And uh, then growing up here and, and, and starting my ministry at uh, what was Classen Boulevard then and now Lakeside in Norman, getting over here to preach every now and then, I remember probably the most nervous I've ever been trying to preach was here one night. I probably hadn't preached a dozen times, and for some reason I was asked to preach a, a, a regional meeting of some sort. I can't even recall what it was, but I remember Brother Padgett, the overseer, was here, and Brother Kilman was here, and Brother Adams was here, and others, and, uh, and I, I stood behind this pulpit as a kid preacher I don't think I've ever been more scared in all my life as I was that night. And somehow that memory came back to me last night as I was thinking about coming over here today. Thank you for, for all that you've done. This church has been so important to the church of God and been very important to the church of God in, in Oklahoma. Uh, you, have, uh, you have blessed the kingdom. Uh, this church has been a leader in world missions giving. You have sent preachers out. Uh, you, you've been a blessing, and, and I thank God for you. So many times it's easy to, uh, to just do what you do and don't think twice about it, and you don't realize the impact you make. You don't realize the difference that you have made. 
But I want to tell you, you have made a difference. Southern Hills Church of God has been a strong, strong voice and, and had a great impact in our church for many, many years. And I thank God for you. Thank God for you. I love your pastor and his wife. I, I love Brother and Sister Holder. Uh, we, we moved to Alabama in uh, 2004, I think it was, to be the state youth director. And, uh, and we connected with uh, the, the Summerton Church. That became our home church. That was where we joined. And uh, my daughter, Chris, became quick friends with Megan. And, uh, and Megan became ours. She, she became a Higgins. We love her so very much. And, 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 and Chris, Chris was, uh, uh, if you ever need a whole pile of sand moved from one location to another location, he has experience. He could do that. Brother Chris worked at youth camp as a, uh, uh, I mean, he, he worked at youth camp. And I remember driving up one day. I had a, I hope this is not being recorded. And if it does, I hope it doesn't make it back to Alabama. But we, we had a caretaker that really wanted other people to do the work if he could get that to happen. And just read between the lines there best you can. And I remember uh, we were getting the volleyball courts ready for youth camp. And I drove out there one day, and Chris is out in about 120 degrees, it felt like, moving that sand, shoveling it, and pitching it over here to another location while my caretaker was driving around in his air-conditioned truck fussing because he wasn't working fast enough. And I just didn't understand that. But so he's, he's earned his stripes, and I'm, I'm proud of Brother Holder and thank the Lord for him. For this pastor couple that I believe the hand of the Lord is on. It was obvious to me early, early on that the Lord's hand was on Chris. And I'm grateful for you, sir. And thankful for you and your heritage in this church. Uh, his parents are some of my close friends. And it's a delight today to be here and to share this time with you. And I do see uh, my, uh, my pastor and my mentor here today, uh, Brother and Sister Adams. Thank you for coming. I began my ministry at the Norman Church, um, and uh, uh, Kenneth Adams became my, my teacher and my mentor, and I love this couple so very, very much, and I'm grateful that they're with us today as well as all of you. Turn with me this morning to two passages of Scripture. The book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 40 and Psalm 137. I want to read from both of these passages today, and so uh, we'll just start at verse, excuse me, at Psalm 40, verse 1, and then uh, when I finish reading there, we'll move over to Psalm 137 and read just a few scriptures there in that passage as well. Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Notice especially where the psalmist said, The Lord has put a new song in my mouth. Let's look at Psalm 137, beginning at verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive 
required of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning on being saved but having no song. Let's ask the Lord today to speak to us. Father, I love you, and I'm honored today to stand in your presence. I'm honored today to one more time be in this place where your presence is so near to us. And, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, and I feel highly favored today to be in this place today where you are and where you are moving and you are at work. Not just a place where we come to see and to fellowship and not just the place where we come to sing and to pray, but this is the place today where we have come to encounter you and you have met us here as you promised you would. Now I'm asking you to accomplish in us what you've come to do. I'm confident you have purpose for this time. And so we're just asking that this time not escape us without that purpose being fulfilled. Move in this place today and let the will of the Lord be done. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Psalm 40 is a testimony psalm. David is testifying in the first part of this chapter and he paints a picture that I think many of us here can relate to. He talks about his condition when the Lord found him. He said, the Lord found me in a horrible pit. I was in a terrible place, but God found me there and he lifted me out of that terrible condition I was in and he changed my life. He said, they'll put my, my feet on a rock. He established my steps. Not only that, but he put a song in my mouth. He, he totally transformed me. He brought me out of my condition. He put me on a firm foundation. He established my steps and put a song of praise in my mouth. What a beautiful testimony of the transformation that takes place when someone comes to meet the Lord. I don't know your particular story, but I would dare say you have a similar story to David's. You were in a terrible place. All of us were in a place where we needed God and we needed His divine intervention and He did that for us. He found us where we were and He changed our lives. We didn't just read a book. We didn't just go to a class. We, we didn't just by chance make a decision. But God got involved in our lives and God turned us around and made a dramatic difference in us. And today we sit in this building knowing that we don't deserve what we have, but we are so grateful for it. We understand today that God has been gracious and good to us. 
He changed our lives when we could have been lost forever. He found us in our place and brought us to where we are today. And it's not because we earned it. It's not because we deserved it. But by His grace and by His mercy, we are what we are today. We're in this place. He's changed our lives. And I'm so grateful today for that difference that He's made in us. We are blessed to be saved. I don't know today. I think sometimes I complain more than I should and and I whine more than I should. But the reality is even with all of my challenges and all the adversity that I face in life and you do as well, I'm blessed today. I'm blessed to know Jesus. I'm grateful that my sins are forgiven and that He is my Lord and that, that He's given me something to fight my battles with as we've sung this morning David said it like this he said blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits we are benefited today to be what we are and to have this relationship with the Lord and then to understand that that song has been placed in our heart that song that to me represents joy and the joy of the Lord obviously the scripture said is our strength it's our spiritual energy it's what gets us up in the morning and keeps us going and helps us to put one foot in front of the other and gives us hope and confidence that we're going to make it and we're going to overcome. That's the song and that song has been put in our heart that that song is not just mind over matter. It's not just positive thinking. No, it is a transformative work that God has done in our heart. We used to sing a song that was filled with fear and worry and dread but today we have a song of hope and faith and confidence and trust and even though the world may be spiraling down today and we know that things are looking bad yet in the heart of the believer there is that confidence that he is with us and he is helping us and everything's going to be alright hear me that's the song that's the song that he's put in our heart today and that is the right and the heritage of the believer it belongs to us it's planted in us it's planted there by God it is his plan for our lives but yet as I travel and as I become more and more aware of the condition of others I'm convinced that many of us even in the church are not singing the song for whatever reason we've allowed the conditions of this world to shape us and to to affect us to the point that, that our joy level has dwindled down and that that song is no longer being sung oh when we first came to know him when he was fresh and real in us we we sang that song and we sang it with with confidence and and we sang it with enthusiasm but for whatever reason today it seems that that song has been replaced by other things and it seems as though many of us find ourselves in a situation not too unlike the one that that the people of 
God are in Psalm 137. They used to sing the song. They used to be known as people of song. They used to be known as people who had joy and vitality and vibrancy in their life. But now they've been taken captive by an enemy nation. Now they are forced to serve as slaves to the Babylonians. But one day the Babylonians came and said, We've heard about you. We know that you're known for your singing. We'd like to hear one of the songs that you used to sing back in your homeland. And they said, well, that's not possible now. You see, when we came into bondage, we hung the harps in the tree. We folded up the hymnal and we let the song die. How can we expect to sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Anybody relate to it today? Anybody find yourself in a situation even now that you remember how it was and you remember the songs that you used to sing and the joy that you used to have and the the confidence that used to be there but today you're worried and you're afraid you're anxious and you don't understand and life has dealt you some hard blows and you find yourself in a strange land and some of us because we're there we hung our harp in the tree and we closed up the songbook and the songs have been replaced by other things but I've come by I've come by today to say regardless of where you are and regardless of what you're facing and regardless of how it looks where you are the desire of the Lord is that the song remain alive that the song remain a part of who we are hear me today even in a strange land I will sing the Lord's song I will maintain my joy well give him praise would you do it just give him praise in this place today hallelujah how in this world can I keep the song even in the strange land well let me just share with you a quick point or two today that I believe might help us in this venture I think if I'm going to keep the song even in the land of trial and trouble and problem, I've got to make a decision. I must determine to follow God no matter what. I think that's just got to be point blank. That's got to be my starting point. That's just got to be where it all begins. I make a deliberate, intentional decision that I'm going to serve God no matter what. I understand the work of faith and I recognize today that many things are in the hand of God. But yet there are some things that God has given to me. And there are some responsibilities that I have. And I must make the decision. I must assume the responsibility of deciding for myself that I will serve the Lord. Joshua came to that point in time in his life. When he brings all of Israel together, he knows that things are about to be different. The enemies have been overcome and the land has been divided. And now things are not going to be the way they used to be. 
God's not going to be sending manna from heaven. There's not going to be water from a rock. There are going to be some changes that are going to have to take place. And so Joshua gathers the people together. And he said, you just need to remember what God's done. Let's don't forget it. Let's don't forget where he brought us from. Let's don't forget how he's provided. But we've got to understand that things are different now. But he said, because of that, we've got to choose this day whom we're going to serve. And everybody in the company's got to make the decision. I can't decide for you. No one can decide. It's not going to be a majority vote. It's going to be an individual decision. And he said, I'll just go ahead and go on record as saying, the decision's been made over at my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've got to tell you today, somewhere along the way, that decision has got to be made. There's some of us even in this room today who are struggling in our walk. We're struggling with our decision to follow the Lord and somehow in our mind we're wondering if we're going to make it or not and that that possibility of failure is there and we're wondering if it's going to work for us we see it working for him and her and him and the church but but is it going to happen for me my condition my situation is different I may not make it well could I just tell you today that if giving up if being defeated, if throwing in the towel has become even an option for you, you're probably not going to be successful in this race. That's why I've got to decide right now, up front, at this point, come what may, I'm going to serve the Lord. It may not be like I like it, but I'm going to serve the Lord. It may not go my way, but I'm going to serve the Lord. I put down roots, and as David said, I will be like the the tree planted by the river of water and I shall not be moved. That decision is the decision today that's got to be made. It's intentional. It's personal. And we've got to make that call. Daniel made that decision. Daniel found himself in a strange land. He found himself in a very hard place serving an idolatrous king being forced to be in an environment that he's not comfortable with and having things put in front of him that he knows he's not to partake in. Daniel was able to say no to the flesh. He was able to say no to the temptation. He was able to stand his in, and maintain his integrity even in that difficult place. But he did it not because... He decided when the trial was on that he was going to say no to it. It wasn't when the situation occurred that he decided what he was going to do. But the Bible said that Daniel purposed in his heart as a young man long before he got to Babylon, long before he's in Nebuchadnezzar's court, he decided, I'm going to serve the Lord. He purposed in his heart. And I'm saying right now on this Sunday morning, on November the 10th, if you've not made the decision, now's the time. Not when you're in the heat of the battle. Not when all hell has been unleashed against you. Not when the bottom falls out and they they, they pull the rug out from under you and whatever other cliche I can come up with it doesn't matter we've decided now we've determined now we've made up our mind now I will serve the Lord and that my friend is the first step to maintaining your joy 
and keeping your song. It's a simple decision we make to serve him. I believe not only that. I believe that if I'm going to keep my song, I've got to change my view of trials. And instead of seeing the trial of my life as an opportunity for the enemy to take me out, I see the trial of my life as an opportunity for God to show His power. Instead of seeing these things that, that I don't want to happen and I don't like happening and, and I complain because they're happening, instead of seeing them as negatives in my life, I see them as opportunities for God to show His glory and for God to show His power. And I'm telling you, when that mindset is changed in us, and we understand that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And even though he falls, he'll not be cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. When we understand that, we know that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because he's with us. We understand that even when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is there to lift up a standard against him. We see that when the enemy comes against us in all force that God is with us and he will not leave us nor forsake us but go with us all the way even to the end of the world. I'm telling you today it's quite simple. As a believer you can't lose if you understand that whatever's going on in your life God is there. If you can just keep squarely in your mind that even though it's hard and you don't like it and you wish it would change and you've got a right to feel that way but still I have a confidence that he is with me and he has not left me and he will take care of me. It is that confidence that he's with us that helps us even in our place of trial. Now the Bible says the just shall live by faith. I've made a decision and have come to a conclusion that walking by faith is not that hard until you have to do it. But I mean, but that is, it's easy to preach about and sing about and talk about. It's easy to study about. We love to talk about it. We, we like to get together in our little small groups and in our Sunday school classes. And, and we like to talk about faith and its role and its, its, its importance in our life. And, and faith is important and it's good and, and it's powerful. But boy, when you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, when you find yourself at that time when it seems like he has just unleashed every attack against you, it's then sometimes that our faith gets a little weak and it's that our, our faith gets a little weary. But I'm telling you, when I understand that even when my faith is weak, even when my faith is weary, that God is with me and God has not forsaken me and I can go to him, I'm telling you, even when the storms are raging, you can go to him. Even when all hell has been at least against you you can go to him even when it looks like there's no way out you can go to him it's not a matter of how you feel it's not a matter of how strong you think your faith is I'm saying just look unto the hills from which cometh your help your help comes from the Lord he will not leave you he will not forsake you that's the confidence and the trust we have in our Lord today there's a beautiful story in the Old Testament of a man whose faith was tested to the limit. 
and his trial looked like it was going to overcome him. But God proved himself mighty in the stories of Abraham. You, you know about Abraham, the man of faith. You know about Abraham when God called him out of that idolatrous land and said, go to a land that I'll show you. If you'll do it, your, your, your seed will be like the sand of the sea and the stars of the heaven. And Abraham did what God told him to do. And he sets out for this new place. He goes to this place and finally arrives there. And God said, look around, north, south, east, west. It all belongs to you. Wherever you put your foot, that land have I given to you. The, the, the nation's going to rise up and call you father. That was the word of the Lord, but yet time goes on. And there's no son born to Abraham and Sarah. There's no heir to Abraham. And he starts to get worried. But God's a man of his word. God always keeps his promise. And the day came even when Sarah was 90 years old. And Abraham is 100 years old. The Lord shows up and blesses them with a son. And Isaac is born. Can you see that old man going down to Walmart buying diapers? Everybody's looking at him saying, you got a new grandson? He said, oh, no, 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 no. My wife's going to have a baby. We're, we've got a new son. He's on the way. He was so excited. Everywhere he went, I believe he told the story. I believe everybody that came in contact with him, he told them about Isaac. When Isaac was born, he showed that boy off he was so proud of Isaac Isaac was the apple of his eye but one day God spoke to Abraham and said take Isaac your son and sacrifice him to me he said take Isaac this boy that you've waited all these years for that I miraculously gave to you and your wife in your old age and put him on the altar sacrifice burn his body on that altar Abraham didn't want to do it I'm confident of that but Abraham believed God and he said to his servant prepare what this boy and I are going to need to worship we're going to yonder mountain Isaac said daddy I see the wood and the fire and the knife but where is the sacrifice. If every alarm's going off, I'm not going to quit till I'm done. So just go ahead and turn that off. I see it all. But where is the sacrifice? Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. They got to the top of the mountain. I'm confident, I am confident that, that he took Isaac in his arms and he's preparing to lay him on the altar. And every intention in his heart was to take his son's life and to sacrifice him to God. And it was about that time that God spoke suddenly and said, Don't harm your son, Abraham. I've tested you and guess what? You passed the test. I don't want you to sacrifice your son. And the Bible said it was at that moment that they heard in the thicket a noise and sure enough caught in the bush was a ram and they took that animal and they laid him on the altar and they sacrificed to God and worshipped there. But then something happens that I need you to pay attention to. 
I think if Abraham were here today, he would say that mountain was my place of great testing. That mountain was my place of great trial. But that day, Abraham changed the name of that mountain. It was no longer called what it had been. But now he said, this place will be Jehovah Jireh, which means our God will provide. Do you see what happened? The place of trial became the place of provision. The place of great testing became the place where God showed up and did the miraculous. Hear me. He He's good at doing that even today. You may find yourself on the mountain of trial. Right now you may find yourself in that place you didn't think you would ever be. And it hurts and it's not fair and you don't understand it. And it doesn't make sense. And and there's no way you're going to figure it out. But that place of great testing will be the place where God shows up and does His greatest work in your life. He is a God that will turn the trial around to a blessing. He's been doing it a long time and He will do it again for you. Why don't you give Him praise and glory. Give Him glory today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If I'm going to keep my song in a strange land, I have got to make the decision to serve him no matter what I've got to stop fussing so much about my trial and start looking for God because he will show up he will work even in my valley but I think the last thing I want to share with you before I stop today is that if I'm going to keep my song I've got to learn to lean on him I've got to learn my strength doesn't come from my bank account My strength doesn't come from my relationships. My strength doesn't come from my experience. My strength doesn't come from my contacts. My strength comes from the Lord. i got to understand that today. He is the source of my strength and my energy in this battle. This is not a natural battle. It can't be fought with natural means. You can't know enough. You can't earn enough. You can't be enough to win victory in this battle. No, this battle is one with the Lord on our side. It's one with the Lord's presence at work in our life. And in order for that to come to pass, I've got to lean on Him. I've got to learn to lean on Him. I don't know all of you in this room today, but I know something about all of you in this this room today. I could say about every one of us without exception, you may be talented, you may have this or that, but you're not God. You're not God. And there are limits on your life. There's just so far you can go. There's just so much you can do. You can press the envelope to a point, but there'll come a point you can't press it any further. You're not God. But oh, I'm glad to tell you the God that I'm talking about is with you. He's not only with you, but He's in you. And He's made Himself available to us. And even when I fall back, I know that underneath are the everlasting arms of the Father. I find my strength in Him today. I can lean on Him and He will not fail me. I remember a pastor down in North Texas at 
a little community called Henrietta. Henrietta's in Clay County. There are more cows than people in that county. It's a large county geographically, but just a very small, very small population. And it's a, it's a ranch county, and it's an oil county. There's a lot of oil in that area, and a lot of people in that area worked in that, that industry. And I had a member of my church who had been a very successful businessman in the oil industry. And he had made a lot of money. And, uh, but he, he wasn't, wasn't real good with his money. He wasn't a good businessman. And you know, you know in this area that there are these oil booms and then there's the oil bust and you, you make it and then it's gone and that's pretty much the way it operates. Well, he didn't take care of his money and he wound up filing bankruptcy and he was having it tough and I'll never forget one Sunday night we're in church is over I'm standing at the door and he's leaving and I said now I know tomorrow's the, the court hearing what time I'll meet you at the courthouse I'll never forget his words he said pastor please don't come to the courthouse in the morning I don't want you there his words to me were, he said this, I got myself in this mess. I have got to get myself out. And I heard those words, and those words have resonated in my mind these many years since I heard them from him. I got myself in the mess. I've got to get myself out. Fact of the matter is, it didn't matter who got him in, he wasn't going to get out by himself. It didn't matter what whose fault it was or who made the bad decisions. That, that, that was all in the past. He didn't understand that God wasn't holding that against him. But in spite of bad choices, bad decisions, God still loved him and still wanted to help him and still had a way out of his mess. And I'm telling you this morning, you may have made some bad choices. There may have been some decisions made by others that have affected you in a negative way. And you may find yourself today in a place of great testing and you think there's no way out. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you've got to hear me. Let it get in your spirit. God is with you and He will help you if you will lean on him you'll find that he's enough you'll find that he's everything that you need I read a story one time of a little boy and his father that were walking along a railroad track and as every little boy is going to do the little boy got up on the rail and tried to walk the rail and invariably he'd take a step or two and lose his balance and fall he finally decided what I'll do is I'll reach up and grab hold of my daddy's hand. And that'll stabilize me and that'll help me. So he grabbed hold of daddy's hand and took a step or two on the rail. But he still lost his balance. And when he lost his balance, he lost his grip and he fell. Daddy said, let's try something else. Get back up there and I'm going to hold on to you. Don't you worry. He got on the rail and sure enough, he took a step or two and he stumbled. But daddy's grip held him tight. Daddy's grip did not let go. He stumbled, but he didn't fall. 
and I'm telling you today that's how he'll do you you may stumble but you won't fall you may find yourself in a place that you look you think you're not going to make it and there's no way you can survive it might not be rocket science I'm telling you but this will work in your life if you will let him hold your hand if you will lean hard on him he will sustain you and keep you in your dark trial and you can keep your song even in a strange land could somebody help me with music please if you would just just come and play something for me I am going to stop now I promise these these children of Israel these Hebrews just made the decision when they entered into that dark place the song was over forget it hang the harp in the tree we don't need it anymore how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land Sunday after Sunday people sit on these chairs go through the motions of worship do what you always do but the song stopped a long time ago. We habitually go through the motions. But the song ended a long time ago. But I've come to declare to you this morning, wherever you are, however it looks, however rough you think it is, the Lord's song will sustain you. So you sing it. And in our hearts today, that ember that we pushed aside and covered up and said the fire's gone, the joy has ended, the song is forgotten. It's the work of the Spirit this morning to once again stir those ashes and revive those embers and return the fire and let the joy be restored. I've come by to tell you today, you can keep the Lord's song even in a strange land. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, I don't pretend to know the needs of these folks. I don't. I don't know what valleys they're walking through. I, I don't know what victories they've just experienced. I don't know, but you do. And I feel so confident in my heart today that what's been shared in this service was your word to our hearts. So I've got to believe today that someone in this room needed to be reminded that the Lord's song could still be sung even in that difficult place. So I'm asking right now that someone even by faith begin to hum the song. The words may not come easy at first, but Lord, I pray that somehow the melody will begin and, and we'll begin even now to reach up to you and lean on you because I know you're here to help us and I know you're here to provide for us. So I'm asking you right now to accomplish your plan and your purpose. Touch our lives and affect us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray for it.
I'd like for heads to be bowed for just a moment. Give me just a couple more minutes of your time. People in this room today, you love the Lord, that's not the issue. You love your church, that, that's not the issue. But the reality is today, more times than not, we're going through the motions. We're hoping things will change. We're hoping things will one day be different. But the reality is that won't bring the difference. Hoping for it's not enough. But somehow today by faith we got to just open up the songbook, take the harp out of the tree and start singing even though it may be the sacrifice of our lips. Doing it not because it's easy but because it's the right thing to do. Understanding today as we sing the Lord's song, joy comes. And with joy comes strength and energy. It's all found in the song. And I'm just wondering right now if anyone in this room would say, Preacher, today I'm struggling. I'm walking through the storm. I'm in the middle of the storm. And I'm struggling today. It's taking a toll on me. But today by faith, by faith today, I want to start singing the song again. Anybody just raise your hand. Anybody just lift your hand up. Thank you. I see some hands being lifted. I believe there are others of you. Thank you very much. God bless you today. Anyone else? I just need the song restored today, preacher. I need my victory. I need my joy to restore today. Would you stand with me, please, everybody all over the room? Boy, there's a lot of ways to do this. But I want us to pray. If you'd like to come forward, I'll pray with you. But I'd like for us to pray. And right now, I think that you know what to do. If you'd just lift your hands up and start using your words and just begin to be honest to Him. Lord, I need my song. I need my song. Lord, I remember, I remember. I've got a memory of how it used to be. I need my song. Come on, all over this room, lift your hands and begin to cry out to him, everybody. Everybody, begin to cry out to him today. Father, I love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, by your power today. I pray for the strength and the energy of the Holy Spirit. I pray today for the joy of the Lord to be restored. I pray today that you will revive your people even in the midst of the years when all the difficulties of life are against us. When things have happened we didn't see coming. When life has not treated us fair. When things have happened that have brought hurt and disappointment. When we find ourselves in an awkward and hard place. You are with us today. Touch us by your spirit. Touch us by your spirit in the name of Jesus would you reach over and pray for somebody just reach over and lay your hand on somebody or, or join hands with them and pray for them right now Father God right now touch your people all over this room revive your church today do a blessed 
fresh new work in the lives of your people right now in the name of Jesus touch us touch us touch us touch us bring change to our lives today we need you to change our situation we need you to show up in the middle of our storm we need you to speak peace to our storm today arise oh Lord arise and speak peace to our lives speak peace to our situations restore relationships heal sick bodies I bring peace in the middle of anxiety I'm asking you to show up in glory and do a work that only you're able to do by your power today by your power today in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah if you feel him touching you today just give in to him just lift your hearts and give him praise today give him praise across this room today I love you Jesus I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I honor you today. I honor you today, Jesus. 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 Now, Father, I come to you finally this morning. Thanking you for your word and your presence and the power that you demonstrate in our lives. And I'm asking you today, God, to let the words that have been spoken and the experience that we've received from you, let it linger long after this time and let our lives be impacted and changed. Even in coming days when we're tempted to just forget the song and get back in our situation, I pray that by faith we will once again sing the Lord's song even in our strange place. Bless this church. I thank you for the Southern Hills Church of God. I thank you for the lighthouse that it's been on this interstate for so many years. Thank you for the impact it made on this preacher and for the impact that it's had in your kingdom. But I pray, Father, that its former days will pale in comparison to where you are taking this church. I pray that you would do a fresh work and a new work in this place. And I'm praying, Father, that it will all be done for your glory and for your benefit. It's not for our benefit, but it's for yours we ask that it be done. Bless this pastor and his family. Meet every need in their lives and use them mightily in this community. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you give the Lord praise one more time today as you come, pastor? <laughs>